Hello, hello, Richard here, again with the Nine Step Brand Builder. Thanks for joining me, and hopefully you're enjoying this series. It's uh, it's a new one, uh, as you, if you've listened to me in the past, you would know. Um, and uh, it's all about how to build a personalized brand, a brand with a unique selling proposition, and a brand that matters to the people that matter, which is your consumer. Now, what I feel like sometimes we lose sight of is exactly that. You know, the the point of any marketing, advertising, or any brand messaging is to attract the consumer. You know, we were here to sort of make sales or or interact with them in some way, shape, or form. But what happens as a, a you know as a general rule is that that some businesses actually talk the language of themselves. They talk quite internally. Um, and they talk about what matters to them um, because that's what they think matters to the consumer. And it's not a bad rationale, but it's wrong. <laughs> so what's really important in any brand messaging or any advertising or marketing is that you talk the language of the consumer. Now, before we can do any of that, we have to know who the consumer actually is. Of course we do. So as part of this nine-step brand builder that, that we do here at Crisp & Co, we go through this process of a brand customer journey to identify who the customer is and, and what is their avatar. You know, what is what do they do? Why do they interact and why are they looking to buy? So we go through this process and there's five steps and I'm going to talk about that in today's episode. But I just want to quickly touch on what we talked about in the last episode and that was the overuse, in some cases, of language. And some really strong words in the English language that have become diluted because they're overused and they're used out of context. I used the example uh, in the last episode of the word legend and how you might go to pick up your coffee from the, the barista and you'll say, thanks, legend. Well, look, the guy's not a legend. He just fulfilled a role. He just made you coffee and handed it over. There are plenty of legends in the world. Uh, people who are legends of their time and legends of their craft. But the barista that just made you coffee, he's not a legend. And telling him he's a legend is almost patronizing. Because he knows he's not a legend as well. So I'm on a crusade to bring back real chat. And I would like your help to do that. I want to get businesses and I want to get people in general talking real again. We have become a, a world whereby the, the, the spoken and the written word is not considered anymore. It's generic. We're not conscious. We are not consciously communicating. And it's become almost meaningless and irrelevant what people have to say. So I want to bring back real chat. I want to bring back conscious communication. There's a, a Forbes article um, that's talking about ways to engage customers and and the customer experience in 2023. Of course, great products and goods and services, they're important. Of course they are. But personalizing things, making things unique to your customer, you have to make your customer feel special. You know, there are so many products out there now that are personalized. You can get your name engraved on stuff and you can have things made specifically for the recipient. So why wouldn't we apply that exact same principle to the language we use to communicate with people? If you can get your name embroidered on a pair of Nikes, why on earth aren't we embracing the fact 
that people want to feel special. We have to make our customers feel special and we have to make each other feel special. And we're sort of diverting now into a public service announcement because this conscious communication concept doesn't just apply in business, it applies in life. You know, we, we should all be making each other feel good. And so we, even in your relationship with your partner, if you wake up in the morning and you are to give your partner a compliment, why not say something specific? You know, rather than say, gosh, you look gorgeous today. What about, hey, that dress hangs really well on you. It looks really nice. You look really great. You know, be specific. Hey, what a what a great tone that is of, of, of foundation. I don't know. But pay a specific compliment. Make people feel like you've given it some thought and some consideration. You find that the results of that are profitable in mountains. They really are. When we talk to our partners in such a specific way, when we talk to the people that do work for us in that specific way, and when we talk to our customers in that kind of specific way, we will reap the benefits in absolute bucket loads. Trust me. So I'm on this crusade to bring back real chat. And I want to help people to do that because if we're not used to doing it, then we need to know how to do it. And so what we've got to do is is build relationships and have interactions between brands and people and make these interactions memorable. We've got to make interactions memorable. I said in the last podcast, it's better to be different than it is to be better. Right? Different is better than better. Because you can improve on better. People can get better. We're always looking for better, right? Why? Why are we always looking for better? Because better isn't necessarily what people are looking for. When people are walking through a department store, they don't look at something and say, wow, that's better than the last one I saw. They'll look around and they'll go, geez, that's different. Wouldn't wouldn't Deirdre like that? <laughs> can you imagine if I got that for Auntie Deirdre for Christmas? She'd love that. That's really different. We comment on things being different. So rather than this race to the bottom of competing on price and competing on quality and competing on all of those things, let's just take price and quality as being a given. Those are the things that we should provide anyway as a matter of course. What can be more difficult is providing different. So look for the differences in your company, look for the differences in your products or your service and talk about those. But talk about those in a manner that the, the, the target customer will relate to. And this is where we come down to this brand customer journey to identify who the target customer actually is. Because until you know who your target customer actually is, how on earth are you going to tailor a message to them? So we have this five-step process called the Brand Customer Journey, and it starts as follows. You might want to write this down. It's unknown, known, something, respected, and loved. They're the five categories, and between each of those words, we draw a vertical line. And that vertical line represents the barrier to getting to the next stage. Now, every brand on earth should be aiming to be loved, because when you've got a loved brand, you've got a customer for life. Again, spoke about this in the last episode. Customers for life are the best customers to have, repeat customers, because 
there's nothing worse than having to chase customers all the time. It's an expensive and time-consuming exercise. If you can build a loyal database of customers that continue to come back to you, then that is the most cost-effective way to run a sales-based operation. So building that brand loyalty takes time. Every company in the world, when it starts out, falls into the unknown category for most people. But then you've got to, in your marketing communications and language, build those people up to know you for something and then be something to them. And then ultimately, you might be respected by them and penultimately respected by them and ultimately loved. That's the aim of the game. But there's going to be companies, and yours might be one of them, that will always have some people in each one of those categories. You may always have people that do not know who you are, and that's good because they are an opportunity. They are a marketing opportunity. But you would talk to the people who don't know who you are from a bar of soap very differently to the way you talk to the people who love or respect you. So what this exercise actually enables you to do is build a more strategic marketing and communications uh, platform for your business. Because whilst we build the same message and serve it on the same mediums to all the same people, it's very much a scattergun approach. It's an expensive approach and it doesn't return as well as being tailored. So if you could tailor a message to people who've never heard of your brand because you're on a brand building mission at that stage, that would be a different message to the people who already know you. Okay. So to to identify who these people are, one of the things we do is we have a, a, brain se- a brainstorming session with the client. We may even contact some of the current customers. We'll look at the product lines. We'll look at the, the current customer base, the people who either walk into the store or shop online, and identify who they currently sell the most products to in terms of profile, in terms of behavior, why those people buy those products from them, and then try and replicate that model across the other lines and across the other demographics. So, for example, um, we did some work for a menswear fashion retailer. Now, this particular menswear fashion retailer had products all the way from urban streetwear through to uh, wedding attire, dinner suits, and the like, all right, and everything in between. Now, its core demographic, its core customer, uh, the people who respect and love this particular retailer, they were, generally speaking, they were in their mid to late 40s through to the mid to late 60s. That was their core demographic. This particular retailer had been around for over 50 years, so they were respected by the older generation, uh, loved by the older generation, respected by the middle-aged people who had been in those stores with dad, for example, over the years. But for me, so I'm in my mid-40s, I I shop there, my son had never heard of them. But I once took my 20-something-year-old son into this particular department store for um, a suit, for a, for, a, for a function he was attending, and he loved the service. He loved the, cu- the cut of the suit. He loved the guy that served him. And he, whilst he was in there, had noticed that they have this urban street. And he shopped there again since because his old man introduced him to them. But had I not done that, he would never have walked in on his own free will. But he would fall into that unknown category, but he's worth marketing to. But you have to determine how much of your resources you're going to put into someone like that. 
he's not low-hanging fruit. You know, he's the future of the company, but he's not currently low-hanging fruit. So depending on where you are in, in your sales cycle, in your marketing cycle, will very much depend on who you're going to market to at this particular time and in what particular fashion, in what particular medium. But doing this exercise of putting together this brand consumer journey and understanding who your target consumers are and putting them into that category through research of unknown, known, something, respected or loved, then you can tailor your creative message and the mediums that you're going to use to get to those people based on that solid information. So importantly is to know who they are, where they reside, why they shop, what they look for, what's important to them, all of this comes through research. And then and only then is it possible to tailor this conscious language in order to speak to them and resonate with them. Because when we resonate with people and we build that brand profile with them, then we build trust. And people want to deal with companies whom they trust. Of course they do. So product quality is always going to high, highly rank. Price is always going to highly rank. But, you know, I heard a statistic today, and I, I think I'm right in saying that 73% of purchases are made based on an emotional reaction. We we don't, and I'll go back to the menswear uh, uh, client. When we started working with these guys, we had to stop them doing so many sales. They were doing something like 10 sales a year. It was huge. They were always on sale. And the thing is, if you're always on sale, you're, you're effectively never on sale um, because people just wait for the next sale. But you know what? As a menswear buyer myself, and I know that I speak for lots of men out there, particularly in my age demographic and my professional profile and everything else, if I need some clothes, I'm going to buy them today, whether you're on sale or not. And if I am if I can go into that store and talk to the guy that normally serves me, who knows my size, he knows my style, I can get in and out within 15, 20 minutes, done. I'm happy with that. And I will pay the price. I don't want to be ripped off. Of course, I don't want to be ripped off. It's got to be competitive. But I wouldn't shop there if it wasn't. But I don't need you to be giving me 50% off. So when these sales were occurring... All they were doing was giving away margin to people who hadn't asked for it, people who hadn't asked for the discounts. They would have paid top price. So what, what happened was that there was a, a, an immediate decline in foot traffic and sales because the people were used to seeing these sales and they were hanging out for that sale. It never came. So the immediate the, there was an immediate decline in, in top line, but that was picked up real soon by the increase in gross profit. And then when the customers realized that the sales weren't going to be as frequent, they came back anyway and they continued to shop. So they had to take a bit of a hit. At first, you've, you've got to break that habit. You know, if you're going to be on sale all the time, it's going to cost you down the track. But when you've broken that habit and you've sustained your business through that period where you might need to take a bit of a hit, the rewards come in, in bucket loads because, the, the, like I said, the, the gross profit increased foot traffic increased and they just got a better quality of sale better quality and if you're not servicing as much foot traffic and you, you you're not serving as many people but your your profits are up of course your costs come down it's simple business math so conscious communication is what this particular episode is all about tailoring your language to be specific to the demographic of person who you want to buy your product and give some real thought to who that person is, but not just who they are, not what they buy, but why. 
Why are they shopping today? Why are they buying a suit? What problem are you fixing for them? What is it that you're doing that's fixing a problem? And talk in that language. We've got to really get into the psyche of your buying consumer. It's honestly, it is that intense now that that we I've said this a thousand times years and years ago and I've been in retail advertising for nearly 20 years you used to be able to put a tv commercial on air with 25% off the products and you'd fill your store you did you just did but the buyer has become so much more sophisticated there is so so much more information out there online there are so many more mediums for them to consume and it's a fact it's an absolute fact that covid transformed the way people buy and sell. It really did. And it isn't going back to the old days, by the way. If anyone's holding out for the old days, save it. It isn't happening. You've got to move now with what is currently in trend. The In recent, in the last 12 months, um, things like the Black Friday sale saw a year-on-year decrease in popularity in Australia. And things like uh, special events like big events that we normally hang our hat on in certainly in retail land Christmas Easter uh, Valentine's Day all saw a, a backward trend in sales online sales in particular online sales have decreased people are now coming back to bricks and mortar stores so if you are in the bricks and mortar game you have taken a massive hit in the last two or three years but guess what the consumers are coming back it isn't a case of are they spending money, it's a case of who are they spending money with. And if you want it to be you, then you need to talk to them in the language that they understand. It's that simple. People are spending money. People are spending money on the streets now, in bricks and mortar stores. It isn't all online. Get that excuse out. People are now spending money back in the stores. It is not a case of if. Is it a case? It is a case of who are they going to spend their dollars with. So, if you've taken anything out of today, that's awesome. Um, And if you would like to communicate with me more directly, please head to my website. It is crispand.co. C-R-I-S-P-A-N-D dot C-O. My name's Richard Miller. I am the brand director at Crisp & Co. Please get in touch, and I'd love to have a chat to you about your business. Thanks for listening to the 9-Step Brand Builder.